Open up to Romans chapter 15. Chris is still lurking behind me. <laughs> Isn't he amazing? Yeah! Got the stage camo today, all black. <clears throat> Romans, uh, Romans 15. We're continuing our series this morning, Bring Me Another Jar. We've been in it for a while now, since the beginning of January. I'm, I'm not counting, so uh, we'll just keep going for a while here. We're talking this year about bringing God another jar. What we mean by that is how are we looking around our lives and finding empty moments and empty spaces to bring to him empty so that we get filled with him. We're talking about this out of 2 Kings 4. If that's news to you, I'd encourage you to catch up on some sermons online from this year. But the invitation from the Lord for us is that urgent, excited People, bring me another jar. I want to fill you. We've been talking about what? You are the jar. So let's bring ourselves to the Lord because it has always been God's heart and desire to fill his people with himself. So that is what we're after this year. We've been talking this month specifically. We started uh, two weeks ago about what are some specific things that we can empty out in our life that God's kind of hitting on that he wants to fill up with himself. So January, we talked about that exhortation to find time, find time, find the moments. It doesn't have to be hours and days, but where are the moments in your life that you can pause and stop and remember the Lord and let him fill you with his word and with his voice. In February here, we're talking about emptying out a couple of jars in our life. We started off talking about our calling. That's, it, it might be good to empty out what we have filled ourselves with in terms of the concept of our calling regarding it being a highly, mainly personal thing. We dumped that out and we were reminded and filled with the word of God that, that yes, there's a personal calling in your life and God wants to do that, but it's all built on something and that is the calling that you have to be a Christian. The Bible tells us, I urge you, therefore, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. We have a calling to live up to. We have a calling to walk out in. And we should live lives that are worthy of this great gift of salvation. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm waiting for a couple alive amens this morning who are excited that you're a Christian. You got born again. Filled with the grace of God. Forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Promised eternity with Him. You get to walk with Him now as a son and daughter of God. You're called to something. Now walk in a manner worthy of it. Live up to it. You've been given it, so let's do it. Yes. Last week, we started talking about how we're going to be covering the three theological virtues. We talked about faith last week. This week, we're talking about hope. The three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. What theological virtues mean, there's, there's seven Christian virtues. The, the, we talked about four of them are common virtues, which are just sort of the general things that good people do. But there are three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, that are not common to man. They only come from God. They are empowered by God. And their object, their end, is God. 
So last week, we, we talked about maybe emptying out some of what we have um, thought about faith, how, it, how it's mainly about me and my faith, and I need to create faith in myself for the things that I want. And we said, no, 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 faith comes from God. It's a gift from Him, and its end is towards God. I'm not just having faith to decree and declare the things that I want. I'm receiving the word of the Lord and believing in Him that He is the end of all of His promises. And now I draw near to him and I get to please him by coming near to him by the grace of God. You're called to faith. You're called to faith. This week we're talking about hope, this virtue of hope. And again, the the three virtues, what they're about, these aren't just activities that we do. They are gifts from God that enable and empower us to have relationship with him. Last week we said, or the, the Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please him. If you want relationship with God, you've got to have faith. And it's not of yourself, it is from Him. Glory to God. Similarly, we're talking about hope this morning. Hope this morning. Last week, I told you at the beginning, it was going to be a pretty dense message. And it felt dense to me. I don't know how it felt to you. But I think this morning is going to be a little different than that. So I don't know if that's good or bad to you. But here's where we are. So to to kind of capture where, where I'm at this morning... We, uh, Heather and I, we recently got invited to a friend's house for a dinner. Praise God. (laughs) And uh, Heather said, you know, can we bring anything for dinner? And the, the woman of the house texted back this. We're making chili and Italian bean soup, homemade bread, cheese dip with crackers and veggies, charcuterie, a big green salad, and cherry pie with vanilla ice cream. I'd say just come, unless there's something you desire to bring. I said, babe, I don't care what day, what time, we're going. And we're not bringing anything. I'm coming to tear this place up. So this morning, last week, was, it, was, it was really structured. This week's just a buffet. I'm just kind of like, Lord, I got... I mean, I don't know if there's a passage in the Bible I didn't give David to put on the screen today. We're just going to cover some of the Word of God, and you can eat what you want. And I believe that if you are hungry, there is something that God would like to fill you in, fill you with, and that thing being himself. Hope. 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 I want to read one thing before we get to the Word of God. This is, uh, this is a little excerpt from an essay I found as I was studying for this message, and I thought it was... Worth reading. Hope has been called the forgotten virtue of our time. Although we live in an era of considerable technological and scientific achievements, it may also be an age of diminished hope, or perhaps more accurately, misdirected hope, because it is tempting to replace the theological virtue of hope with flimsy substitutes that cannot possibly give us what our souls ultimately need. We also live in an era marked by violence, which leads to a barrage of images sent worldwide that show citizens fighting police, children in Syria bloodied by war, refugee children washed up on a beach in Greece. These can threaten hope. But perhaps what threatens hope even more today are not these tragedies and calamities, but the soft and subtle despair we settle into when we slip into the ways of living that rob us of the exalted good God wants for us. The problem is not that we hope for too much, 
but that we have learned to settle for too little. We have caused the horizons of hope to shrink. We have lost sight of hope's transcendent dimension because we have forgotten the incomparable promise to which hope always beckons. I want you to stand for the reading of the word of God this morning. Romans chapter 15, I'm going to read one verse for now, and that's really my prayer for you this morning, and then I'm going to pray for us, and we will spend the rest of our time following the Lord. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you. Put your hand on the, neighbor, on the shoulder of your neighbor and say, that's you. May the God of hope fill you. Point to yourself. Say, that's me. I saw some people not do it. Come on now. I can see you up here. That's me. That's me. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you, you may abound in hope. Lord Jesus, we do pray that you would fill us. That, oh, God of hope, you would fill us with all joy and peace in believing. Teach us to believe you, Lord. Teach us to believe you, Lord. I pray that you would give us the faith that we talked about last week, that you would teach us to believe that we might be filled with all joy and peace from the God of hope. Teach us to believe this morning. Lord, I'm praying for everybody in this room that they would have the gift of faith to believe the word of God. Lord, I pray that for everybody in here who is having a hard time believing, who isn't full, Lord, we are coming to you as empty jars this morning that we might get filled with all joy and peace, that the God of hope himself would fill us. Lord, like what we just read, we don't want to be filled with the cheap, flimsy imitations, the imitations of hope, the imitations of joy and peace. We want you, Lord Jesus. And God, I'm praying by your grace and mercy that by the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone in this room would leave abounding in hope. God, I'm asking God that you would give me grace in these few moments to help teach us and equip us. What is hope? What is it really? What is it really? Teach me what it really is, God. Teach me what, should, what does it really do? And how do I really get it? How do I get the real thing? Lord, I thank you that we would all taste and see that the Lord is good. That the Lord is good and that our taste will be ruined for everything else. God, I'm praying that like we just said, Lord, I, I do believe that you are preparing a table before us this morning. Lord, I pray that we would feast on you. Feast on your word, Lord Jesus. Feast on the truth of Jesus Christ. Feast on the God of hope. Lord, I pray that it would not be a forgotten virtue of our time but that we would be empowered by you, for you, unto you. Lord, I'm praying that you would open up your word to us this morning. I pray that you would give me guidance over these few minutes together, that you would illuminate us with your word. Change us, O oh God.
Just, God, I, I know it. I know you're, you're bringing life. It's all the songs we just sang. It's all true. It's all true. Lord, remind us of this gospel. Convince us of this gospel. Assure us of this gospel and give us hope that comes from this gospel. And God, I'm asking that we would turn away from everything else. We'd turn away from the things that we've put our hope in that cannot satisfy. I pray that we would turn away from the things that have no chance of giving us what our souls really need. You are the desire of our souls. You are the desire of the nations. God, we must be filled with hope for a world stuck in despair. And Lord, I pray that as we read your word, that you would fill us and set us free from the things that hold us back. Set us free from the things we get distracted with when we're not focused on you. Lord, I pray, God, for everyone in this room who has been stuck in despair or depression or discouragement or any of that stuff. Lord, I pray that not by um, anything I or we can do, but by the power and the glory of the word of God, you would bring life and freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Go ahead and sit down. We'll, go, we'll just get going now. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. This is Galatians 5, 1 through 6. For in Christ Jesus, we verse 5 again. For through the Spirit, by faith, we offer ourselves eagerly, uh, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. By faith, we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. What is hope? I started off last week with the question, what is faith? It's one of those things we all look at each other like, you know. You know what faith is, is faith. Hope can be a similar thing. What, what, what is hope? We learned last week that faith... Faith believes. Faith believes God. Faith believes God exists. As Hebrews chapter 11 puts it, faith understands. Faith understands that everything that we see is made by something unseen. That unseen thing is God. And so the unseen God created with his unseen word all that is seen. Faith believes God. We understand that... um, If we have faith, we have to draw near to God and believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So by faith, we believe God and we believe God is good, right? Faith believes God and faith believes good. Faith believes God exists and faith believes that God is good. Hope is the belief that I can have God. 
Faith believes that there is good and that the locus of all things good is God. Hope believes I can have good. Faith believes I can have God. Through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Hope is the the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and desire eternal life. But where it's different from faith is that faith believes in the kingdom of heaven. Faith believes eternal life. Hope believes I can have the kingdom of heaven. I can have that eternal life. Hope mobilizes faith. Hope mobilizes what you believe by faith. And you see this in your life. Hope hope mobilizes. It it motivates you towards the things you believe by faith. How many of you ever quit on a diet? Quit on a workout plan? Quit on something? You believe. You believe it's possible to get in shape. You believe that you could be that fit person that you have in, in your mind. But you quit because you didn't have hope. That you actually could do it. You knew it was possible, but not through you. I don't know about you. I've never wanted to quit because I lost faith. Faith, faith at least for me, I, I kind of have a gift of faith on my life. So I don't know how it is for you. But, but for me, faith isn't really the, the struggle for me. I, I don't have a hard time believing God. Believing that God exists. I don't have a hard time believing that God is powerful, that nobody can stand against him, that everybody's going to bow before him in the end. I have no problem believing that any miracle, any, like, you can tell me story, like, you can tell me the craziest story you've ever heard, and I'll be like, wow, that's amazing, but not because I'm surprised. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't really get surprised in that way. I'm like, of course God did that. That's still bonkers. Like, it's, it's crazy, you know, all of that. But, like, I'm not surprised. Like, I, that, that's just kind of where my, my faith is at. But I have wanted to quit often because I had no hope. I, I've never had a hard time believing God wants to, God, God, God can do anything. God is on the move. God is good. God is powerful. But I've wanted to quit plenty of times because I had no hope that he could use me. Let's go to Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, chapter 1. Moses has died. You know, the Moses. And now everything's getting dropped on Joshua's plate. He's been uh, appointed for this. Moses prayed for him. Moses told him it was coming. But, but his game time's different, right? Uh, Joshua 1, 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So now here we have the word of the Lord, right? God is speaking. And when God speaks, he gives faith. That's how we get faith, by hearing the word, the, the word of God. It's not just our imagination and what we can come up with. We've got to hear the word of God. What is it that God wants to do? And I have faith for that. I can desire anything else, but that's not necessarily faith. 
There's plenty of things in my life that, that I believe God could give me, bring me, whatever. I believe all these things could happen, and I want them to happen, but I don't necessarily have faith that they'll happen in the sense that I heard God say it's going to happen. I have faith for everything God has spoken. And then I pray about all these other things. And I say, Lord, I would, you know, you could do this. I don't know if you will, but, but the things God said, he's going to do it. All right, anyways. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. So God's given promises now. He's speaking promises. He's saying, Joshua, this is what's about to happen. You're about to go do all these things. Here's what I am about to do. I'm going to take these people into the land. Everything I said to Moses, I'm going to do. I'm still faithful. God, or Moses is dead. I'm not dead. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's a big promise. That is a big promise. So God starts speaking the promise to Joshua. He lists off all these things that, he's gonna, that God's going to do through his power. So Joshua can have faith in this because God's talking about God doing God's will, God's way with God's power. That's why we have faith, right? I don't have faith in my will, my power, my desires, my needs, all that. You know, no, that ain't going nowhere. I mean, and no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So God gives faith by his promise, but he shifts now to stirring up. So he's planted faith in Joshua, and now he goes to stir up hope. He's given him the promise. I planted in your heart all that I am going to do. Now he's stirring up hope. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Joshua had no doubt what God could do. Joshua had no doubt what Moses could do. I wonder if he had a little bit of questions if he could carry the torch. Joshua is saying, no, I've heard all these promises before. This is nothing new. And Joshua went to the tent of meeting with Moses. Joshua went up the mountain with Moses. Joshua walked by Moses' side. He was like there when God said these promises to Moses. He was there when Moses gave these promises to the people. He was there when God worked through Moses to do all that God said he was going to do through Moses. Joshua had seen God move, and Joshua had seen God move through Moses. And now Joshua's getting those same promises that Moses got. Moses, you're like... Intimidating. He's, he's getting a calling. And he doesn't know if he can walk in a manner worthy of it. And God says, I'm not just giving you the promises I gave Moses. I will be with you like I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. One through five, God's saying, look at me. Look all I'm going to do. Look at what I got going on. And now, now don't get too distracted by yourself. I know now you, you just started looking in the mirror. Now be strong and courageous. 
For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. The promise I've made, it is attainable. That's hope. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. How am I going to do everything written in the book of the law? How am I going to do all the things that promises gave me, all the promises God gave me? How am I going to do it? I'm going to focus on the fact that he said it. I'm going to orient my whole life around the word that he gave. I'm not going to get distracted because faith comes by hearing. So what am I listening to? I need to hear the voice of God. But then I need to stay disciplined and to, to not go start listening to now everybody else, starting with myself. Don't turn to the right and to the left. I've given you the promise. The promise is sure. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do it all. Now stay focused. We don't lose hope because God's not good. We don't lose hope because uh, the, the task is too big. We don't lose hope because we can't do it. We lose hope because we get distracted. Faith is hard because it's humble. Right? Hope is hard because it's focused. Have I not commanded you? Verse 9. Didn't I say it? Haven't I commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Didn't, I, didn't that promise come from me? Have, have I not commanded you? It was not your idea. No, it doesn't rest on you. It didn't come from you. It's not about you. It's not for you. It's got you in it, but it's for me. Not me, Andrew, you know. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So maybe the opposite of faith, I don't think the opposite of faith is fear. I think maybe the opposite of faith is doubt. Right? So God's speaking here. Have I not commanded you? Faith. Now, be strong and courageous. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Be strong and courageous. You tracking with me here? Do not, do not doubt. Be strong and courageous. 
God's affirming his faith. Now, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Hope. The opposite of hope. Dismay, despair. Hopelessness. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Do not be hopeless because I am with you wherever you go. When your faith is struggling, remember my word. Have I not commanded you? When your hope is fading, remember my presence. I am with you. Our hope is not in the idea that everything will be okay. Our hope is in the inexhaustibly goodness of God, inexhaustible goodness of God. By faith, we believe God exists. By faith, we understand that God is good, and I have hope that I can attain God. I have hope that the goodness of God is for me. Do not despair, my friends. Do not be dismayed. Like I said, that, it's dismay that makes me want to quit. It's not usually unbelief in that sense. It's, it's dismay. It's despair. It's discouragement. It's the depression. It's the, uh, it's the hopelessness. It's the hopelessness that makes me want to quit. It's the hopelessness that makes me get distracted. Do not look to the right or to the left Meditate on this book of the law day, day and night. This won't depart from your mouth. Stay focused on what I said. Stay focused on what I said, including the part when I said I will be with you. If you struggle with distraction, I would encourage you to look into hope, not just faith. It is usually hopelessness that makes you want to run and hide and get distracted. It, it, it's usually the hopelessness. Again, I, I've got faith that God wants to share a great message with you on Sunday. I don't always have hope that he'll do it through me. So I'm going to get on YouTube and hide. You know... Yeah, no, you have no problem believing God could, you know, cultivate a great marriage through, create a great marriage. God, God loves marriage. God, absolutely. But could he do it through you? So why even lean into the hard conversations? Why, why, why even? I, I know God, God, God's called my kids and he, he wants them to be his disciples but I'm not that good of a dad to get them there. So I probably have a good idea of some intentional things I could do. I, I Totally praying for my kids would be good, but I'm not so sure I know how to do it. So I'll just do something else. I'm not so much afraid. I just don't have any hope. The greatness of our hope will always be in proportion 
to the greatness of the good on which we have set our lives. The greatness of our hope will always be in proportion to the greatness of the good on which we have set our lives. Is, your, is, your, is, is the good that you have set your life on a good bank account? Is the good that you have set your life on good kids? Is the good you've set your life on a good marriage, a good reputation, feeling good? Is that the good that, you're, that your life rests on? If so, that will always be what your hope is connected to. When the bank account goes down, your hope will go down. When the hard times come in your marriage and in your kids, the hard times will come for your hope. When your reputation gets hurt, or more likely, you just don't get the influence you think you ought to have because you're that great, your hope will go down. Your hope will follow the direction of what good you are pursuing, what good you are anchored in. I would encourage us, let us set our hopes on the goodness of God. Let us set our hope on the goodness of God. Another excerpt from this essay I found, it was a really good one. It says this, hope, hope diminishes and eventually disappears when we lose sight of who we are and where we are going. Who we are and where we are going. What do we have to have before we know who we are and where we're going? The word of the Lord. Do you see that? By faith, we receive who we are through his word. And by faith, we receive where we're going by the word of God. Now, we've got to not lose sight of it. We've got to not lose hope. Who are we? We are pilgrims on a journey to God, making our way to God and helping others do so as well. Where are we going? We are headed to that great feast that Jesus called the reign of God, the heavenly banquet where we rejoice together in the presence of God and love one another as we do so. Hope guides us on this journey by keeping us focused on the feast. That's what is different about Christian hope. Christian hope fixes our sight on the only thing that can ever truly complete us, fulfill us, and bring peace to our restless hearts so that we do not settle for anything less than what God wants to offer us. Christian hope summons us to look up and out lest we lose sight of that feast. Do you remember our series on the letters of Revelation last summer? I would encourage you to go back to them. What does Jesus do every letter? He lifts their eyes. He lifts their eyes. I wanted to call, one of the ways I almost called that series was eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. We've got to have eternal perspective if we don't want to lose our hope. We've got to understand that no matter what comes in this life, no matter how hard things go, the feast is just around the corner. The feast... By faith, we believe that the feast is just around the corner, and I have hope that I will sit at that table. Hope mobilizes what you believe by faith. Hope calls you into the life of righteousness. Hope calls you into the holy life. If you don't live righteous, if you don't live holy, you do not have hope. Because you don't believe that you can have the righteousness of God. You don't believe you can have the holiness of God. You don't believe that there's something for you to inherit. 
If you, if you had hope that you had an inheritance, you would live like it. You know the inheritance exists. You just don't know if it's for you. I believe by faith that God is good. I believe by faith in the kingdom of God. But oh God, give us hope that that is for us. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, come on. Just give me a couple more hours. Uh, where is it? Ephesians chapter 1. I'm just getting wound up here. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in all my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. I urge you, therefore, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. To which you have been called. There is a hope attached to your call as a Christian. There is a hope attached to it. You have something coming. And it's worth living for it. Now by faith you must live for what you do not have yet. The Bible tells us nobody hopes for what he sees. That's not hope. We hope in what is unseen. And the reason we hope in what is unseen is because we believe what is unseen exists by faith. And now we hope that we will have that. My brothers and sisters, I'm calling you this morning to hope again. Hope again by the word of God. Go back and listen to the message two weeks ago where we talked about who you are called to be as a Christian. And let it stir up hope in you because it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. And it's worth living for. The element of hope we haven't talked about yet. Thomas Aquinas talked about this. Hope assumes Difficulty. Hope assumes that the thing I'm hoping for is going to be hard to get, but I can get it. Oh. See, all the, word, all the passages I was going to read you were all about endurance. Endure. Endure through this time because there is a hope waiting for you. Attached to your calling. It takes endurance to live a righteous life. It takes endurance to live a holy life. It takes endurance to not turn aside to the right and to the left. It takes endurance to not let this word of the law depart from your mouth. It takes endurance to not let the book of the law become something that you forget about and leave behind because your feelings are telling you it's not going to happen. Your world is telling you it's not going to happen. Your failures are telling you it's not going to happen. Time is telling you it's not going to happen. Your tiredness is telling you it's not going to happen. The ship has sailed. But the Lord looks at you and says, have I not commanded you? I'm with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, I am with you. You've been called into something, my friends. You have been called into something and you must be disciplined to live your life by faith to come and get, let the Lord fill you with hope. Otherwise, you will not live for the things you have faith in. We've got to be a hope-filled people. We've got to encourage each other into hope. We've got to fight for our hope. And the way we fight isn't by boxing and everything. We fight by standing strong, not turning to the right and to the left. You don't win the battle against the enemy and against the flesh and against the devil by going and hunting devils. 
You win the fight by standing firm in the word of God and not letting anything turn you to the right or to the left. You're not going to move me because I know if I'll just stay here standing. And I'll be with him. He is coming. It's not long. You've been holding on for a long time. And it hasn't been that long. You've got a long time to go. And it is not very long. Jesus, in one of the letters, hold fast. Don't let anyone steal your crown. Don't let anyone steal your crown. The feast is coming. There's a seat at the table for you. There's a crown that you will inherit. Oh, boy. switched Bible so you know you know stuff's where it is on the page mm. okay Revelation 3 the church in Philadelphia I know your works behold I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut I know that you have but little power and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that you are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come bow down before your feet and they will learn that I have loved you because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven in my own new name. Hold fast to his name now. And have it written on you then. Hold fast, my friends. You have great hope in the glory of God. You have great hope in the man Jesus Christ. You have great hope in this gospel. You have great hope in this kingdom. You have great hope by this grace. Hold fast. Hold fast. When the band come up.